It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.08 on a Saturday morning. We're broadcasting live this morning from the 40th annual Spring Atlanta Home Show at the Cobb Galleria. Some people have already wandered in this morning knowing that if you get here before 9 o'clock and know the password, which is reliable, don't tell anybody else, but the password is reliable, then you stay for an hour after the Lawn and Garden Show ends, watch Dave Baker do his show, and then the gates to the home show open up at 10 and you get in for free. Just be here before 9 o'clock this morning and notice they're reliable at the front gate. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. Let's go to the phones. We've got Lynn, who's down in Hampton in Henry County. Hey, Lynn. Good morning. Hello. Hey, Lynn. Uh, I wanted to know if it's okay to transplant rose bushes and hydrangeas right now. Sure it is, but if they're really, really big, uh, plan on spending a good bit of time digging it up to get a lot of roots with it. But if they're not terribly, terribly big, Lynn, you sure you can transplant them today. Oh, you could transplant it now? Yeah. Okay. I mean, how, how big is this rose? What are you thinking about, Lynn? Uh, the rose bush uh, is a knockout. It was supposed to be one of the lower growing ones, but evidently yeah. it must be a rose tree because when I cut <laughs> it back, it won't do anything until it gets tall again, and yeah. then it starts blooming once it gets tall. By tall, do you mean three feet or ten feet, or how tall does it have to be? Uh, about four feet. Hmm. I don't know of any knockouts that bloom that high. Most of them start when they're 18 to 24 inches high, but maybe. I don't know all the knockout roses. There are lots of them. But nonetheless, if it's not terribly, terribly big, if it's not a bush, you know, five feet wide, six feet high. Oh, no, it's not, could, not that big. You could be successful moving it today, sure. Uh, would you put the upstart or the root stimulator in there? A little bit. Just a little bit of fertilizer when you transplant is good. We were talking earlier with a lady who had a Japanese maple that didn't have any buds on it. And Norm off the air said to me, and be sure we tell people don't fertilize things that are under stress. Upstart, a root starter, or sure start that Pike sells is a very slow release nitrogen, and you can use it when you're transplanting on the light side, but you can use it when you're transplanting because it has so much phosphorus in it. Okay, and uh, do you think it would hinder any of the blooms on the hydrangea if I moved it now? Not really, unless the top bud has gotten frozen during the wintertime. That doesn't have anything to do with transplanting. But if your top bud got frozen when it froze, what, two weeks ago now, Lynn? Uh, when it was you know, really cold, if it got frozen then, that might cause it not to bloom, sure, but not the transplanting. Okay. All right, great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Would you also put, like, topsoil or potting soil or any particular soil in there? Yeah, you got to have some soil that, the, that has pores in it. I think that's what a plant really wants. Whether it's a rose, a hydrangea, a maple, anything, wants pore space that the roots can explore and find the nutrients and the moisture and stuff that they need and be able to breathe too. So anything you can do to loosen the area around where you're going to plant your rose or your hydrangea, that is all good for the plant for the years to come. Is there a particular kind of soil you would recommend to put in there with it? Go to wherever the local nursery is and just say, I need some soil conditioner. And okay. that's usually ground up pine bark. You dig that into the soil, and that makes the soil open and loose. Okay. All right, great. Thank you. You bet, Dan. Thanks for calling. All right, bye bye. Uh, David, that and Tucker, our friend David. Hey, David, good morning. Good morning, what's, Walter. What's up? Well, uh, I, I seek the font of all knowledge, as usual. <laughs> uh, 
you get wet sometimes if you stand near the font of all knowledge, David, so be careful. Get your umbrella out. Oh, there you are. Um, I uh, have run across some miniature roses, and I wondered if you could tell me the difference between drift roses and miniature roses, because I'm told they're often confused. Mini roses, but I think the definition of a miniature rose, and you'd have to check with the Rose Society people and ask them specifically, but my memory serves, mini roses have a diameter less than two inches when mature, the flower in other words, and drift roses can be, gosh, I've got some across the street from me that are two, two and a half feet tall, I guess right now, really and truly, I should have mowed them, from, I planted these for my neighbor because I had some that somebody sent me and I didn't have room in my own garden, David. So I planted them at Gus's house and I noticed they were about two some odd feet high and a little rangy right now. And I thought, oh man, I should have mowed those back in December, but I didn't. So drift roses tend to spread out more and not many roses don't, in my view, spread very much. They just have small flowers. Hmm. Now, but you treat them all the same then? Pretty much. I mean, reliable fertilization is great and uh, water during the summer when it's hot. The mini roses seem to me sometimes to have more black spot on them than other roses do. Other, you know, knockouts hardly have any black spot on their leaves, but mini roses seem to get black spot pretty easily. Hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, they're, they're not going to get as big, uh, the plants actually not going to get as big as the drift roses? Not, no. The mini roses generally, I think I see them maybe two and a half to three feet tall is the maximum I've ever seen a mini rose. Again, mini meaning the size of the flower, not the size of the plant necessarily. But the drift roses, you know, they spread. They're just big and rangy and they spread across the ground a couple of feet high and six feet wide. Drift hmm. roses are good on a bank. Sometimes people use them for erosion control on banks. So they use them in a place where they can sort of spread without any limits to their, to their size. And that's how people use the drift roses a lot. But they should be mowed or thinned or lowered a little bit every year in the winter. But, again, I didn't do it like I was supposed to myself. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Walter. All right, David. It's great talking to you again. We will see you soon. We got Sue with a Japanese maple question. Norm Mitlider is here to answer Japanese maple questions, so I'm going to let Sue talk to him. What's going on, Sue? Hi. Um, we have a Japanese maple that's maybe um, about four feet tall. The landscaper put in um, about um, four years ago. And every year when it leafed out, and it's leafed out now because um, we're quite a bit south of you, but... Um, We've got another branch, and I don't know how to fertilize it. I don't know how much water it needs, and I don't know what the pH of the soil should be for these. So you're saying, too, that it's leafing out when one branch is dead? What are you saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Every year when it leafs out, and uh, it's leafed out now, it seems like it's got one branch that's fairly major that, um, you know, that's dead. What do you think, Norm? I see that happen. It's failure to thrive, I would say. <laughs> it well, happens. Go ahead. Yeah, that's more culture. You know, if it gets too much water, then you could have issues. Uh, sometimes it's the weather. Uh, Norm, sometimes it's just it happens, and you yes. never know why it happens. Just one limb will die. That is true. And sometimes you've trained a tree, and you're really psyched about this particular limb and then the tree decides i don't want to play anymore and it just dies <laughs> out and you're like ah all that time yeah. for not 
But still, sometimes the tree will grow into a hole that's left by a dead limb and look really attractive just by the way the tree is adapted to that hole in the foliage. So there's nothing, nothing I would say is bad about it. You don't need to prune back the whole tree to, to balance it with the dead limb. Just let, let the tree do, take care of itself, see what it wants to do. Would, okay. this, would this tree happen to be a coral bark? No, well, I'm not really sure. It, the only thing that I've got from the landscaper was that it's an Acer palmanum, or uh -huh. however you say that. Yep. Yeah. I don't have a specific. The leaves are red, and like I said, we're um, okay. quite a bit farther south than you guys are. You right know, now. for a coral bark maples have really pretty pink bark right now, so you would know it if it were a coral bark maple. You would have already said that to say, it's pink bark, that's what it is. So right, the question I think she had a minute ago, Norm, was how do you fertilize a Japanese maple? What do you do this time of year, knowing that she's south and they're further along than we are? Well, uh, Japanese maples are a light feeder, and I myself probably would not fertilize. Um, so I, you know, if okay. the tree was got stressed, one of those stress factors is if there was a late freeze, and the leaves had already started coming out, um, and then the, the leaves died back, the tree needs to produce a second set of leaves. So then you would do a light fertilization, but under normal circumstances, you really don't need to fertilize a Japanese maple. If you've got mulch underneath through, things that decompose, organic things that are decomposing, a lot of times that's enough nutrition for a Japanese maple to, to do just what it wants to do without any pushing it along in directions that it might not want to grow. The, on, the only other time that you would fertilize is if it's in a container, because then yeah. it's limited. You know, so well, <clears throat> do they like a really acid soil? Because the soil here is slightly acid when I do a home soil test. And I was wondering about that. They pretty much tolerate any soil. Yeah, I think the tolerate any soil is probably the right answer, Norm. That they, the pH is not a critical thing for Japanese maples. So, slightly acid is where most plants are happiest when the soil is a pH of six or six point five, somewhere in there. So, if yours is around that, even a little lower, five point eight or lower, five point eight or up or higher, I think the maple is going to be fine. It tolerates a wide range of soils, wide range of soil pH. Okay, so the factor then is water that you want to don't want to overwater it is that correct that is absolutely correct that's your worst enemy is overwatering a japanese maple mm. Mm. okie doke got I it sue that. all right so not much to do remove the limb that's dead if you think it's completely dead go ahead and remove it make a nice clean cut on it and then let the tree sort of fill in the hole and see what it looks like after that all righty thank you Thanks for calling, Sue. It's great talking to you. Mm -hmm. Coming up next, we'll have Jerry in Tacoa, who has a question about his weeping cherry that he wants to plant. Right now, it's 718, and we'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. <laughs> There's a whole lot of trouble in an itty-bitty skirt. We don't want to go there, I don't think. We do want to go to a quick weather forecast brought to you by Ackerman Security. 
Today, mostly cloudy, 60% chance of evening showers. The high today, pretty nice, 70 degrees, overnight low 55. Tomorrow, a chance of light showers during the day, high of around 61 and low of 39, so a little bit cooler tomorrow. Your full weekend forecast comes in 10 minutes at News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Broadcasting live this morning from the 40th annual Spring Atlanta Home Show at the Cobb Galleria, where Jerry from Tacoa joins us this morning. Hey, Jerry. Good morning. Hey, sir. Hey. Um, I'm, I'm, I plan on planting a Japanese weeping maple. And, um, the weeping maple that, or weeping cherry? Oh, cherry. I'm sorry. Uh, cherry. All right. Go ahead. And, and uh, um, I was just wondering, uh, the ground that I'm going to plant it on, well, it's in Tacoa on the backside of Tallulah Gorge, and the, the ground's not the greatest in the world, so I was going to, you know, dig a pretty good-sized place out and, yeah. and put some good topsoil in it. But um, I drive a truck, so I'm not there a lot. I was just wondering if it, um, it's a kind of a high-maintenance tree. Not really. No. But I'll tell you something right now. I was just talking to our audience here at the Cobb Galleria about this morning. Cherries love lime. They, for okay. whatever reason, they absorb fertilizers, and they just are hardier when you have a soil that's not really acidic at all. And the way you counteract acidity in the soil is by adding lime. So one okay. of the things you could do if you want, Jerry, is to go to a garden center, buy a bag of lime, and in your mind say to yourself, for every 100 square feet under this tree, when it's mature, I need to put four pounds of lime. So you've got okay. a 40-pound bag that'll cover 1,000 square feet. So okay. depending on how big your lawn is and other places in the yard, you can add the extra lime to your lawn. Grass likes a nice uh, high pH, too. But the area where you plant that cherry will really benefit from having lime added to the soil as you dig it up and get ready for the cherry tree to be planted. Uh, uh, the watering part, uh, I believe I read where it, 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 it likes a lot of water. Well, not necessarily. When it's young, you want to water it enough that it doesn't dry out during the summertime. But if you mulch, and I know you're smart enough, Jerry, to get some pine chips or pine straw, one or the other, and mulch underneath right. that tree. And remind the grandkids that we don't let grass grow under the trees because when grass right. goes under the trees it fights them it fights for moisture it fights for fertilizer and as long as you've got mulch underneath there and water it once or twice during the summer when you're there i think it'd be fine all right that's all i need is knowing I, I appreciate your time sir that's all i know that jerry so we're equal in that matter we'll see you soon jerry thanks for calling thank you sir thank you it's 727 news talk wsb back to more lawn and garden after news it's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.36 at News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do in your garden. All you have to do is ask questions by phone, or you can come see me, as people have done already here, at the Cobb Galleria, where we're broadcasting for the Reliable Heating and Air Stage, celebrating the 40th year of the Atlanta Home Show. Lots and lots of vendors here, 350, I think, vendors that are here to show you the best that they have for gutters and mattresses and let's see what we've got on the super side people over here with their soil and their side you've got the southern living plant collection over in the other corner with all the plants they have from southern living they have uh, shower accessories the hose nozzle over there 
There's just plenty of people here. If you have something you want to do inside or outside of your house, there are people here who want to help you do it. And many times they have uh, discounts from the people who don't want to take their equipment home. They say, give us the Sunday afternoon, we'll give you a little discount if you come in. So that's why you visit the home show, because they have so many vendors here that you can go and compare the gutter people on one end of the floor to the gutter people at the other end of the floor and see what they have for your home. Again, we'll be here this morning, the Lawn and Garden Show, until 9 o'clock. If you get here before 9 and know the password. What is the password? Reliable. If you know the reliable password at the front gate, get in for free, and then you can get into the whole home show when it opens up at 10 o'clock. Dave Baker, of course, will be here with the Home Fixing Show from 9 until 10 this morning. Let's go to the phones. Oh, by the way, we have a Japanese maple expert, Norm Mitlider, is here as well. Oh, and one more thing. I'll be at Autumn Hill Nursery in Woodstock this afternoon, starting around 11 o'clock till 12.30 or whenever I get tired. So if you want to join me at the Autumn Hill Nursery this afternoon, I'll be there starting at 11 o'clock. You know what? Ashley Frasca is thinking she's back at the station. She's screening our calls, but she is thinking right now that we ought to give away the weekend prize pack. So I will ask Ashley Frasca to think of a number between two and seven. That, oh, and this is a good one too, Ashley. Whatever number Ashley comes up with, that person will win a pair of tickets to two shows at Chastain Park Amphitheater. You'll see either you'll see both ZZ Top and John Fogarty, ZZ Top, the most getting it on band from Texas, and John Fogarty on June 6th, and Robert Plant, formerly of Led Zeppelin, and the Sensational Space Shifters on June the 8th. If you have June the 6th and the 8th free, you ought to be dialing. What caller is going to win, Ashley? I've had to think pretty hard for that, but I'm going to go yeah. with caller number five. Caller number five to our contest line, 404-741-0750. Caller number five gets tickets to see John Fogarty, Robert Plant, who else did say ZZ Top and the Sensational Space Shifters in June. Whew. Now let's go to the phones. We've got uh, Tim on the line and Maxie's. Hey, Tim, good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Good morning, Walter. How are you? Hey, Tim, I'm doing great. What's up? I've always heard uh, from the old men to plant your garden on Good Friday, and every time I get close to it, people say you're going to plant your garden too early, but I, I never get burned. What's your feelings on that? Yeah, it depends on when Easter comes. And Easter this year is, what, the uh, March the 30th, right? Or Good Friday yeah. is March the 30th. Easter is April Fool's Day, April 1st, which is too early to plant. So you are going to get burned this year. If you try doing it on Easter or Good Friday, either one, you're going to get burned this year. I think tax day is a safer date, so April 15 would be a little bit safer in my mind. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Wait, 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 Tim. You, you didn't need all that. Come on, what else? Ask me another question, Tim. I need a challenge this morning. I'm looking for something fun and interesting to talk about. Well, I don't, I don't have another question, but I, I do want to say that uh, I called about a month and a half ago, and the advice that you gave me on my knockouts on when to cut them back, as well as my crepe myrtles, uh, the knockouts have really taken off and yeah. recovered from trimming them back, and I'm still waiting on the, uh, the crepe myrtles to come back around. Go and notice, Tim, just what I told you, that knockout roses usually takes about 16 inches of growth from where you cut back in February to where they bloom now. Go out and measure it with a tape measure, see if I'm not right. It's about 16 inches of growth they'll make before they make the flower buds on the knockout rose, and that, I bet, is what's happening with you. They're starting to really come around and look great. I appreciate the advice. Thank you, Tim. We'll see you soon, man. All right, see you, buddy. 
We got uh, Jim, not Tim, but Jim on the line from Marietta, Georgia. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Good morning, Walter, and thanks for all your service over the years. Appreciate sure, listening to you. Thank you. Twenty, what do we say? Twenty-four years this year, and next year we are twenty-fifth year on WSB. Fifty-two weeks a year. Usually, I take a couple off for vacation, but that's twenty-something. That's a lot of Saturdays spent with you, Tim. Jim. Great information. Great information. Hey, uh, my sister's going to fill in a valley in her front yard with dirt. Okay. And I know I told her don't plant anything until the fall, but what's a good ground cover? It doesn't get one to two hours of sun per day. Yeah. What's a good covering of that to uh, help erosion control? So, in other words, she's not going to plant grass there, but this is going to be an ornamental flower bed of some sort? Well, yeah, gra- well, I don't know. Grass would be, would, would uh, one to two hours a day any grass grow? Probably not. <laughs> so, okay, that answers that question. She's not yeah. going to plant grass there because it won't grow there. It's not enough sunshine for her. I didn't know if Lariope or something like that would be a good, you know, good control. I've got two people here in the audience who we've just been talking about their Mondo grass. And they, like me, like others, have found out that Mondo grass, which is not a turf grass, it is a lily, but it looks like grass and grows so well in the shade. It's good for some erosion control. It just makes green grow where your shade is too dense for, for lawns to grow. And usually, like these folks, you can find somebody who has a patch of it they want to get rid of. They want to let you dig up, and you can go dig up their mondo grass, divide them into a little bit of individual plants, put them in the ground about 10, no, six or eight inches from each other, and it'll spread through the whole area, through your sister's uh, valley that she's filling up with dirt. You can have mondo grass out there. It'd be nice and green forever. Oh, great. Uh, so that would that be done any time of the year, or do you suggest in the fall or something? We think the spring does a better job. We think, and we've just been talking about this, the audience here is you know, making questions and having comments just that we have on the, on the radio. But we think that springtime planting probably does better than fall planting. But get it from maybe somebody who wants to get rid of it? or Well, I, I, know, or, I know for a fact that Pike Nursery is going to have a sale today on Mondo grass. The, I think the three-inch pots are two bucks or something like that. For it's going to be much cheaper than it normally is. So if you want to head down to Pike, you can get mondo grass there and not worry about your neighbors. And it does spread, correct? It does. It not not rapidly, not like Bermuda grass spreads, but mondo grass does spread. It sure does. Okay, great. Thank you so much. All right, y'all have good luck with it, Tim. I hope, Jim. I hope you have a good-looking green stripe there in the valley. We've got uh, Bob in Decula who joins us. Hey, Bob. Good morning. Hey, Walter. Hey, man. What's up? Hey, I planted a garvey plant last fall. Yeah. And uh, I got it from my neighbor. He has a he has one about four foot tall, but I think it got real cold, and the leaves look kind of mushy, but the center, there's like a spike coming out of the middle, but it looks right. green. All should right. I clip the, should I clip the mushy ones off and hope for the best or the dead or... Now, I think clip the clip the mushy parts off and hope for the best. I think you're probably going to do okay, Bob. If you still got some green in the middle of the agave, I think you'll do fine. Okay, I know it's I know it just it got so cold there for a week or two. It, I didn't cover it up. I should have, I guess. But if you want to know if you want to know something about agaves and winter hardy agaves, Bob, and it's not close to you particularly to go to, but if you come to Atlanta and going down I-20 near the zoo, there's a, neighbor, there's a garden center there called Garden Hood. And Garden Hood is associated with David McMullen. And David McMullen is doing this great 
bunch of research out in Lithonia, I believe it is, is where he has a little farm, where he is researching what are the cold-hardy agaves for the Atlanta area and what do you need to do to make them more cold-hardy so they don't freeze like yours did. But if you want to call Garden Hood Nursery and say, how do I, get, how do I find David McMullen, you might be able to get some advice on more agaves that are maybe a little bit more winter-hardy than yours was. Okay, I appreciate it, Walter. All right, Bob. Good luck with it, my friend. We'll see you soon. We got uh, Mark on the line, Douglasville, Georgia. Hey, Mark, good morning. Hi, Walter. What's up? Uh, my, my question is, we've cut a tree down and we have a pretty large stump. Yeah. But we're not going to go to the expense of having it ground up. And I was wondering if there is a recommended way to use it as part of the landscape, put some plantings around it. And then secondly... When I've cut down some trees before, in the next five or six years, it started to decay so much that it actually created a hole. Yeah. That's pretty normal because the root does extend some inches underground, and so when it all decays and it goes away, then you have a, a dip, a hole in the, in the landscape where the trunk used to be. Sure. Yes, sir. So what's your question then, Mark? Well, is, is there a recommended way to use that as part of the landscape by putting some different plantings around it or even knocking yeah. out a little bit in the top and putting some soil in it and putting a plant in it like it was a pot sure yeah you can not a tiny notch but one 12 inches wide and about six inches deep uh -huh. I mean, you just made a pot a wooden pot basically out of the top of the stump so you could plant I don't know, petunias or something during the summertime. Nor Mitlider, my Japanese maple expert here. Come up here, let's talk about some things you could plant around or on top of a stump. Maybe some trailing things that would be pretty, maybe flower a little bit. What do you think, Norm? Well, the ferns definitely come oh, to that's mind. That's a good idea. Autumn fern, easy to find, easy to grow, evergreen. Autumn fern would look nice around the, the base of the stump. Um, and, you know... Hellebores. Hellebores would be another good one. Hellebore, Linton Rose is the name for it. Uh, Mark, you'd find that just any nursery is going to have hellebores. Yeah. Yeah. Problem with the hellebore, this is a pretty sunny area. Oh. Mm, okay. Not much shade. Yeah. The autumn fern probably is not going to be very nice there either. Southern shield fern grows perfectly well in full blasting, drought-inducing sunshine. So southern shield fern, although it's not evergreen, it sure would grow there. It would do great. Okay. Okay. So just some selected uh, sun-loving type of plants like Sure, sure. Or, you get to decide whether you want perennials yeah. around it or just have a bed so you want to put annuals in around the stump. You could go to any nursery, go to Pike and say, hey, what, what can I put around the stump to make it look prettier? Maybe they'll have some ideas of vining things you can plant in the top, as you say, and come down the sides of the stump. Oh, by the way, Mark... You know, one of the things that might want to bring you in from Douglasville today, one of the other things that's happening today at Pike Nursery is they're going to have some of their designers on, on duty for all day long at the Pike Nursery nearest you who will be able to give people advice on designing their landscape. So it might be an interesting idea to think about coming with some pictures of where the stump is now, bring into a pike and say, hey, what would you do around the stump and get some ideas from them. And the big sale that's going on right now as well would be really nice to get some plants to take them home and plant them. Sounds like an option. Yeah, man. Okay, sir. Thank you. Thanks for calling, Mark. 
Jacob, no, let's don't do Jacob quite yet. we got to get out of here. It's 748, and we'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. ZZ Top, how, 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 you bet it is. If you got the time, and a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today, chance of showers in the evening, high of around 70 degrees, low of 55. Tomorrow, showers, showers likely, high of 61, low of 39 degrees. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Jacob is up in Woodstock, and he joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jacob, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Doing all right, Jacob. What you got going on? Well, you see, I've got a bit of a problem. I've got two Bradford pears in my front yard, and I, I know that everyone knows how much everyone hates Bradford pears just because they stink, they're top heavy, yeah, yeah. they break, they crack, they don't have a strong trunk. Well, the root system has <laughs> completely taken over my entire front yard, and I was wondering right. if there was any suggestion or anything to be able to help with getting the grass back without having to get rid of the Bradford pears because they help block out a lot of the light during, you know, the summer and winter months and help with the, you know, the build in the grand scheme of things. In the grand scheme of things, Jacob, every year that you keep those Bradfords in your landscape is a year that you don't have something nicer. Okay. So my advice is pruning is what I would do. We recommend about two inches of soil level is about the right height to prune them and get a stump okay. grinder to come in and take that stump out. I mean, Jacob, yes, you, you lined out, you know all the reasons that Bradford pears can be problematic. They smell, they you know, break apart, they get too big, et cetera, et cetera. And in 2020, 2021, I don't want Jacob calling me and saying, you know, I wish I had something to, to replace my Bradfords with. They fell apart, now I need something to plant in 2020 when you should have done it in 2018. All right, so pretty much it, I need to go ahead and start getting rid of these two Bradford pears out of there and get something else in there that's not going to be so so invasive to the grass. In the long run, you're going to be lots happier to do that. I got a suggestion for one to replace it with. That is the Kusa dogwood, the Chinese dogwood. They get okay. moderately sized, not quite as big as a Bradford maybe, but they're pretty trees. Let me see, uh, smoke tree or uh, not smoke tree, Grancy Graybeard tree would look nice out there. It would be about the same size. Even a crepe myrtle. You've got a Natchez crepe myrtle in full sun. It'd look just like you know, flowers in the summertime and look pretty close to what a uh, Bradford pear looks like. There are suggestions. Oh, yeah. There are things you could plant that are a lot better than Bradford pear, Jacob. Oh, anything is better than a Bradford pear at this point. You said it, I didn't, but I'm glad I agree with you completely. I've got four of them split and break in my backyard, and I can't be happier that they're gone. You're, yeah, well, now the two in the front have a chance to get at it, too. Thanks for calling, Jacob. At 7.58, we'll be back after news.